Hello, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. With me, as always, your co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. I am your other co-host, Cam. Kirk was muted. I, th- I think I... Did I mute you? I did. I think so. Yeah. I do that from time to time because I'm rude. Um, but Kirk was muted. And we're here. We're here. We're doing a movie review today. We got lots of catching up to do, Kirk. We've been... We've been sort of logging movies and watching them, but we got to get these we got to get these reviews recorded. You know, I mean, we're, I've been cranking out the Oscar Best Picture nominees are start, starting to uh, come into focus a little bit, sort of um, as much as they can at this stage in the game. You know, you start to hear the the whispers and the ether of "Ooh, this could be a Best Picture nominee. This could be a Best Picture nominee. This could be our Best Actors." Um, and so, you know, Kirk and I, we, we listen to that and we're trying to figure it out. You can almost hear them right now. Actually, I hear them in my sleep. (laughs) Yeah. I hear them go. They go, Kristen Stewart, Clifford, the big red dog, Clifford, the big, no, they don't say that. (laughs) They've never said that. I haven't seen it though. Maybe it's like Paddington. Maybe it's like the best movie in history of the world. Listen, I Paddington's like better than citizen Kane. That's right. They they somehow unearthed <laughs> this like random review that made Paddington Two come into focus as the best reviewed Rotten Tomatoes film. Yeah, I've yet to see either Paddington. Me, me too, and I don't know why at this point. I feel like I'm I'm a little scared. Actually, I'm scared that it's like you know it's like seeing the face of God. If you see if you see something just so so cinematic, so masterful, you're like kind of scared of it. You know, I'm I, I I'm a little bit afraid. You took the words right out of my mouth, but I was also hoping that you would sing like Les Mis, like, <laughs> to see Paddington 2 is to see the face of God. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, we hear whispers. And and uh, goldderby.com, I'll just throw this out there. If you guys if you guys are trying to, like Kirk and I, every year we see all the best picture noms. That's what we do. Um, and we try to, you know, try to see as much as we possibly can. But Gold Derby is a great place to go. Those guys... Um, they have es- expert predictions, editor predictions, film credit predictions, and they give you like odds and rankings on who's going to be best picture. And it shifts, you know, as, as award season goes on. So you got to watch that. What they say today may not ultimately be true, you know, the day before, but it's a good way to get your finger on the pulse of it and see what you need to check out. So one of those films that's been buzzy in the award circuit is the film we're reviewing today, which is called King Richard, King Richard starring... Will Smith, the incomparable Will Smith. Uh, one of Kirk's all-time faves, I think. Kirk, Kirk's a big Will Smith guy. Am I right? Am I misquoting you there? Big Will Smith. Yeah. Man. Big, big, big. Big Willie. Big Will. Um, you're a fan of his rap career as well, I, I assume? I mean, I think it's bigger than his acting career. Don't, wouldn't you agree? I do. Uh, because the uh, Welcome to Miami, that song, that... That's pretty like once you do that, that's peak. You've peaked. There's no, there's nothing that you can do in your life that would ever, that would ever top that. Except Wild Wild West. Well, while I think those are on the same tier to me, mm-hmm. those are like right there, right at the top. Yes. And, and and so any black. he could win, he could win an Academy Award. I'd be like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but it's no Wild <laughs> Wild West. Let's be honest. What a shame that Wild Wild West is such a banger, but know, that movie is. is not. That movie is garbaggio, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, the song is great. But anyway, we're talking about Will Smith. We're talking about King 
Richard. Kirk, whose turn is it to synopse? Do you recall? You know, I think it's me. I think is it, it is me. Well, fire away, my friend. And if it's not, I'm stealing the spotlight today Go on the synopsis. I love it. Yes. Today, we're talking about King Richard. This is the tale of the incredible, incomparable Venus and Serena Williams. They are pro tennis players. If you haven't heard their name, you are a child who has never um, listened to any kind of uh, popular culture because you can't, you can't go anywhere without knowing them. They have appeared in several random TV shows and movies because their reach is everywhere because they are the greatest of all time tennis players, Venus and Serena. And what this tale focuses on is the love of their father, the focus of their father, Richard Williams, played by none other than the Will Smith, and his plan, his insane plan to raise a family of champions. Uh, and he did it. He did it. He, he maps it out. He has the blueprint. He tells his daughters exactly what that plan is as it's happening, before it's happening, after it's happening. And he just creates these incredible women and catapults their, their, all of their lives and all in the while not destroying their family, which might be the most remarkable part of it all. Because so often you have these, um, like, what would you call them? Uh, show moms, show dads, you know, that want to get their kids into show business or, ath- uh, you know, whatever sport, you know, just swap it out for anything. And ultimately he does so in making sure that all the while that they're still having fun. King Richard is a remarkable story of family, success, and even failure at times. Good work, Kirk. That's a, that's a great point. It's kind of like a, it's it's uh, it's sort of a different take altogether on these sort of misunderstood genius stories. You know, like mm-hmm. you get with mm-hmm. like, you know, like the Social Network, and, and there's been a couple movies about these people who had these really crazy ideas. You know, now we know them as legends and and things like that. But this was a this was a different take on that, um, and and one that's very interesting. I mean, I I don't think anybody would have guessed that the very first biopic ever made about Venus and Serena would totally focus on their dad. But here we are. Um, so yeah, let's let's chop it up, Kirk. Let's get into it a little bit. Um, we're going to start with our acting superlatives as we always do. So I want to know, Kirk, who your Oscar is going to. My Oscar is going to Will Smith. Duh. Yeah, Will Smith. <laughs> no, he is just... Uh, out of this world, it's it's kind of unfortunate the the amount of raspberries the, that he has acted in sometimes because when he really gets a film that allows him to uh, really cultivate uh, a, a full a fully rounded character, um, we see this best when he is imitating people. Um, but he's also had some movies where he has created completely uh, from the ground up, built these characters where they are just real people, very fascinating, very interesting with all these nuances. He's just very good at picking those things up and injecting that into the life of a character. And this is this is nothing different than what we've seen before. But it, the diff- 
difference is, is that it's a completely different character that we've ever seen Will Smith play before. Um, we know he's a dad in real life. He's got he's raising some some fantastic superstars of his own. Uh, so maybe this was an easy role for him to play because he's he's very much about family and holding it together and the plan and and including his family with everything. You've seen Will Smith on the carpet on the red carpet for his film debuts and premieres and they're all in basically costume uh, uh of that reflects whatever movie that they're going to be in that he's going to be in uh, and same for his wife for like jada pinkett smith like they he goes to movie premieres with her and their kids and it's super cool so what we see these these nuances that he puts into here are just just masterful there are uh, a master class in acting um it's absolutely shocking that we we get this out of Will Smith at his age because as we know as actors get older they have their own bag of tricks but there is probably only one or two scenes where I just saw Will Smith in in this movie meaning his guard was dropped and I'm like that's the Will Smith charm that's not King Richard that's not Richard Williams and there were just a couple moments like that but really other than those two brief quick moments it was not him on that screen, and it was just absolutely beautiful. He was connecting to this family as Richard Williams, and he was guiding the screen towards just a beautiful, beautiful message about perseverance and uh, success and really what matters uh, most above above just achieving this goal is to make sure that you don't hate it. How often do we go through life uh, trying to get to a goal and we're hating it the whole time and we reach that goal, we're kind of upset about it. But the way he navigated this uh, with with both uh, both the storyline and both the acting choices is that he himself, Will Smith, took really good care of this character in order to make sure that at the end of it, we saw a fully rounded person. And that's why Will Smith gets the Oscar. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm sure I will echo a lot of what you have to say, Kirk. But I, what I, what I really like that you brought up is this idea that, like, as actors get older, they have their own bag of tricks. But also, when you're someone like Will Smith, who has just been in the public eye so long, it is really hard to turn in a truly transformative performance because people know you. You know, they know you. They people feel like they know you on an intimate level. I mean, in some ways, you know, we kind of grew up with Will Smith from Fresh Prince on Nick at Night all the way up to now where we're at. And, and in between there, you know, the pursuit of happiness and Men in Black and I, Robot and all these huge blockbuster movies and, and amazing films that he's been in. And so it is hard. It's It's hard for him to really distinguish himself on the camera and make himself look like a different look like a different character but um i have to agree kirk i'm giving my oscar to will smith as well um good chance he ends up in the oscar conversation if not taking home a little gold person uh when it when it's all said and done i mean because what he did kirk to kind of put a point on that is that he really did turn in a transformative performance which is which is shocking at this stage um that he's able to do so and, and it was really really well done and it was you know, I hate to say this because I I don't want to make it sound like he's washed, but this was a vintage Will Smith performance. The, he turned in a vintage Will Smith performance where he was truly in his element. And I don't want to say that he's he's washed because he obviously isn't, but he has turned in stinker after stinker lately 
really, I mean, truly abysmal films and, and films where he didn't even really look like himself, you know, in, in his performances. Um, low energy, low effort. A lot of times the writing wasn't helping him out. For example, like Gemini Man and, and Bright and a few of those films that he was in, it just really hasn't been there. This was, you know, this was Oscar caliber work by Will Smith. And it comes down to the details, which he's always been so good at. When he creates a character... He really does it top down, you know, white glove service. He thinks of everything. He he always does the physical acting um, to an, an insanely elite level. And he puts in a ton of work on these like micro expressions and things that only this particular character does. Uh, he, he seemingly creates this stuff out of thin air. And I think the other thing here is you can tell there was lots of improving going on with him. Really just like trying to demand the energy that was going on in the scene and make sure it had the right energy. So sometimes he would cut people off and you could, you could almost sense that he was, you know, disrupting the flow of the scene, but that was what was necessary to do for it, for it to make sense within the story. So it was just like, it was a really powerful, really well done tight performance from Will Smith on all levels. Um, and, and his character was well-written too, which is helpful, but he, he took it to the next level with his amazing ability. So, um, you know, lots of people are saying, yeah, I read up on it after we watched the movie, lots of people are saying he's the front runner for best actor. It's going to be tough <laughs> to argue that, and it's going to be a tough competition as, as those top acting categories always are year over year. But this is going to be a tough category. But he he very well may come out on top of this after seeing this movie. It was it was really special stuff. So Will Smith mm-hmm. gets my Oscar at the very least if he doesn't take home the big one whenever the award show comes around. And whose matters more, the Academy's I or mean, Cam Wiggs? It's subjective. I, think it's yours. <laughs> I would lean that way as well, but I'm biased. So, <laughs> but I appreciate your vote of confidence, Kirk. Um, you got it. Let's move into our next acting category. This is going to be a fun one. Let's talk about Scene Stealer. Interesting supporting cast. Lots of people being asked to do lots of very different things for different reasons. But, Kirk, I got to know where you went. I'm curious. This was very difficult. Very difficult. The supporting cast was incredible. Um, We had all of the daughters, uh, not just Venus and Serena, uh, as we probably assumed, uh, at least I did, uh, throughout my entire life up until now, that those were the only daughters that they had. But no, they had had a slew of other daughters, all daughters. Uh, It was either four or five total. And there were three others. So Tundi, Isha, and Lindria, which I believe were... um, Yep. Children that were brought into the relationship from previous relationships. Perfect. And they were all wonderful. And they were all, it, it didn't even seem like a blended family. And they didn't even address that in the film. It was just like, this is our family. Let's go. Like they were all sisters. So they were all daughters. And it was wonderful. I would say that you also have all these coaches uh, in, in this film that they go through uh, trying to get to the next level, but I got to stick to my guns here. My gut is telling me that my scene stealer is pl- uh, who plays Venus Williams. I'm not going to say her name, right, but I'm going to s- try it. Sanaya Sydney, this girl. Whoa, <laughs> she's good, man. She's very good. Um, you, you see her come onto the screen and she's electric. She just, she takes the uh, first of all she she had to either either she learned how to play tennis this part i don't know or she was already great at it and it was quite uh, fun to watch her play and 
in order to really understand um, the technical aspect of, of this is that you have to you have to put this into account like this girl had to act like she was the the number one tennis player uh, at the time uh, Venus Williams like like you can't just pretend that there's camera shots there's tricks and everything but you still have to be good um, taking it to a different level think of like Iron Fist on uh, on Netflix you had you oh know I have, to, I, <laughs> I have to be the greatest martial artist uh, ever to live and to walk this earth. And uh, he wasn't, he, he certainly wasn't very clear, but this girl really, really focused. And I believe that if I went and played tennis with her, I would be destroyed um, for two reasons. A, because I can't play tennis and B, because she trained like she was going to be Venus Williams. <laughs> She's great. She, she has the, the innocence of a little girl, the, the dreams of, uh, of Venus Williams, the dreams of, of, winning the world and the heart of maintaining her own self. And uh, one of the biggest moments I see that is when they get that first attempted contract from Nike for $3 million. And uh, Will Smith says, hand it over to Venus. It's up to her. if She wants to take this deal. And she looks at it and she looks up and she's like, mm, <laughs> she's like, but what's going on here? I'm 14 years old. I don't know how to read a contract. And she just hears the number 3 million and she's kind of scanning it, looking for words. And she's like, no, no, I can do better. I can do better than this. And they need to see me play uh, before they give me a number, before they give me an offer. Like what? Like that concept to understand that um, even for, for the act, the actress to understand that full concept in order to portray it and how, groundbreaking that is is a big deal it could just be a throwaway line it could be um it could be powerful on its own but you know that she understood you know that she fully grasped what was happening and that it was bigger than herself and that part is why she's the scene stealer because she she really really wasn't just reading lines wasn't super excited to be in the newest will smith biopic she really really was committing to her character uh and she was just you you couldn't turn away sanayo sydney bravo nice i love that pick i love that pick it was it was a very tight contender but i wanted to take this moment to recognize someone who might not get as much acclaim for her performance and that is Oh, Anjanue Ellis, who played Brandy Williams, which was uh, Will Smith's Richard Williams' wife in this story. And here's the reason for it. In these movies, particularly biopics, where you're talking about where there's a relationship dynamic, um, those scenes where the couple is having a discussion are very pivotal to making sure that the balance of the emotional energy in the movie doesn't get thrown off kilter and one step too far in either direction too low energy or too over energy makes it seem melodramatic and makes it seem fake and it's very hard to do and man i thought this ingenue uh ellis was incredible I, i haven't seen her in much but i thought she was so good in those scenes it was just like no question in my mind like she is the mother of these children I was just like, she is the way that she is going to bat the way that she like natural tone and inflection and energy that was brought into the conversation that just gives it that authenticity that you, you can't really create. I mean, it's just so real. Um, 
and I was blown away by it. And I mean, her scene partner in almost every case is Will Smith, who is a decorated actor in his own right. And who's bringing all kinds of energy to the table and probably throwing some improv her way. And she's probably giving it right back to him. These scenes were, were crucial to understanding the central conflict of the movie at times, understanding the decision points, you know, at each decision point, it's the parents because these are kids we're talking about. And so the parents have to make the call and it wasn't always an easy call. And I just thought the dialogue was, was really well written, but the acting was what put it over the top because I I think you just can't go, you see it all the time, right? Kirk, I mean, you see it in these Mm -hmm. movies where they go too, too far and it becomes melodramatic and you're like, I'm out, (laughs) you know, that's just, that's not real. And to be fair, it's really hard to sim. It's really hard to simulate marital discussions. It just is, and, th- and that's why, whenever it's done well, it jumps off the screen. And in this case, it did. And I think that that's because of Anjanue Ellis. I thought she did an incredible job. Um, I want more. <laughs> I want to see her in more things. I thought she did a great job, and uh, was. I don't know what kind of acclaim she will get for this movie, but I did want to take a moment to call out that performance because for me, it was. It was a huge benefit to have her um, in the cast to to play this role. I thought she did a great job. So true. She really was uh, just capturing, and it was fascinating to see um, basically her her fight for her girls, but just in a different direction. And I think at a, at certain points, I was like, "Man, did they make it?" Like, yeah, right. Because <laughs> she was like, "Listen, I'm not putting up with this. Right. <laughs> You're not going to leave my daughters at the candy store and you know drive off and make them walk three miles." And I mean, she was great. Uh, some fascinating um, callouts for her is that a uh, I was for a long time I was rewatching uh, the wonderful '90s series, The Practice. Oh, nice. Uh, and she was in like four episodes of that. But more importantly, she was in the critically acclaimed Undercover Brother with Eddie Griffin and Denise Richards, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, classic. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty. Uh, I don't know if anyone remembers that movie, but it was pretty fun. <laughs> it was pretty fun. Um, just, you know, just just pure, pure good fun. So she has uh, come a long way. <laughs> and she has <laughs> always been always been uh just just ready to take on anything so bravo great choice yeah, and great choice the nonverbals off the charts the facial expressions oh. the facial expressions were hilarious they were cracking me up sometimes just like so authentic like listening and reacting to things even when she's not a primary in the scene um she was working overtime i loved it i yes. love to see it all right let's talk about this movie on the more technical side let's get into the production a little bit kirk i want to hear what your showstopper was what was it that really stole it for you my showstopper was the technicality of the game has to be it's the dance uh, of, of this you know in boxing movies it's the boxing it's the fighting in ice skating movies it's there's not a lot of those but <laughs> <there's>, <laughs> i tanya, <you> know, I tanya. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ice skating. It's the ice skating for me. Uh, in basketball, name name your sport. The football, uh, the football, the football game. The footballs, um, yes. Uh, in any kind of war, it's the battle scenes. So the battle scene here was the, was each of the individual tennis matches and games, and that alone is difficult to do. When you think about a film, um, any 
any time you're filming action, it takes way more effort to do than you're just when than instead of filming like two characters chatting in a scene. Um, the tech you got to get all the angles. There's like probably six to ten angles at least that you want to get. So that way, when you're on the editing floor, that you can mix and match and really uh, move that story. And all that said, to get like seven minutes uh, of action takes an hour of film I think is pretty is like a general ratio for that don't hold me to that at all but anytime that you are trying to get an action shot an action sequence it is so much harder than if you're just filming two characters or 10 characters chatting in a scene a party scene or a one-on-one scene so that level of effort I really felt like we were in the game um, I also love that we weren't we weren't actually watching back and forth tennis uh, they take a nod to it very briefly there at the end where we see the family sitting like front row cheering Venus on and we see their heads go left right left and then (laughs) they cut away from it because this is a tennis movie tennis in theory can be a very boring sport but that's what was so exciting about these incredible athletes uh, Serena and Venus is that they were able to change the game and they were able to make it exciting and because they had a passion for it it was so much more different than than anything anyone had ever seen before and that's what this movie focused on they were, they were focused on how they could film those tennis matches and games masterfully and make it exciting to watch i should have said golf there's a couple of golf movies uh not happy gilmore but but that's exciting too but there's a couple of golf movies out there too that are like whoa how'd they do that um and maybe the movies aren't fully together or fully great like legend of bagger Vance. sorry it should be better but this is something that will truly hold the test of time if anything you'll have will smith's performance you'll have the uh, best supporting actors and actresses that we mentioned and you'll have the incredible technicality uh, strength of the game of tennis. It's a good call, Kirk. It's it's something people take for granted in these movies. I really do. I feel like people take it for granted, and it's not easy. First of all, tennis is an incredibly hard sport to play. It is deceivingly difficult to play. <laughs> like You can't just... I don't know how they did all of the stuff that they did in this movie, but you can't just like pick up a racket and go pretend to be a tennis player like it is a it is a tough sport it really is so um that and then like i watch a little bit of tennis and i feel like they they really captured the aura of the sport and how it feels during these big matches you know the when like the shots that they chose when they were like showing the crowd and things like that so i just i think it's a great call out because i think that is something that people just come to expect in these sports biopics, but they don't actually think about how difficult that is to execute. And and to your point, it's difficult and they did a great Mm -hmm. job. All right. My showstopper is going to be the theming and messaging of the movie because I think, and maybe this is just me, but I assume most people feel like they see this movie and they assume, you know, this is sort of going to be about Venus and Serena breaking the color barrier in tennis because it, it, traditionally is an, is a white sport because of the history of this country, at least in this country, because of the history of this country and the fact that, you know, African-Americans have often not had affluence, which is needed for this sport, at least by and large. So it has, it was an overwhelmingly white sport. And so I just really thought that most of it was going to be about this monumental accomplishment of Venus and Serena being born and raised in Compton and 
becoming the greatest tennis players to ever live because it's a it's a great story and and trust me there was plenty of that and it was good but that wasn't it you know like they took on a ton of different things especially one that i like that's very topical is the youth sports thing like tackling how parents treat their kids when they're in youth sports and how they need to let them be kids and let them just play and if they you know if they love the sport, they're going to want to play it all the time and they'll get good, you know, but if they don't, you can't force it. And just because you spend a bunch of money, like it was really good messaging there and something that I just didn't expect. And I think that a lot of times when you see these movies get made, you're like, okay, why? I always ask the question of like, why is this made now? Why do we need this movie now? And that's one of them. I feel like that's a topical thing to happen um, alongside the, the, the race, uh, themes that were in the movie, but there's tons of different things about like family dynamics and advocating for yourself, which I love. I mean, I, I talk about that all the time. Like you have to advocate for yourself, be confident and, and fight for yourself because nobody else is going to, um, you know, sportsmanship, things that you would expect, but also things that you wouldn't expect. And I like that they didn't, you know, they didn't like blur the details. They really got into it and they said, we want to talk about these things and we want to give it a full thought and give it its full uh, time of day in the movie. And that was great. Uh, you see it get skipped over from time to time in movies where they're like, uh, we could talk about this, but really our bread and butter is this. And in this movie, they didn't, they didn't pick and choose. They, they talked about everything they wanted to talk about. And I thought that it was well done. Um, the director here is, I want to give a shout out because I thought, it was probably due to his influence. Uh, Ronaldo Marcus Green, who's done a few movies that are about, uh, you know, historical events and things like that. So he was a good pick, but I really just thought that he had the right thought process for this movie in terms of blending that messaging into the narrative and making sure that this movie has, you know, not just the one impact moment at the end, but like all of these things coming to full fruition at the end so that the payoff is, is, at its absolute max. And I think that that was accomplished. So that's my showstopper theming and messaging really well done. It sure was. Yeah. Th when those uh, girls are like the first glimpse of that, when they, when they miss the ball, when they get the let, when they, they hit, they straight up just like destroy the net and don't get it over those, those white girls, <laughs> they're shouting stupid. How could you? Like, yes. That's like themselves. Sickening. Yeah. Yeah, themselves exactly. It's they they make a mistake and then they like lose it because they know how much money their parents are spending, um, and it's just devastating to them. Whereas Will Smith's like, mm, nope, not my daughter. We're we're gonna go we're gonna go play for a little bit. We're gonna go get some ice cream. Like this, this is not good. I don't know about this. Did I make a mistake? Uh, yeah, it's 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 really crazy to see that. Um, but at the same time, I, I can see it in, in my own kids. Uh, sometimes when they make a mistake, I'm yeah. like, no, 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 you are, <laughs> you're not stupid. You're not wrong there. That's, you made a mistake. You made a misstep, whatever. That's okay. We get back up and we keep moving forward. Like life is good. Life is grand. And so, you know, those things are, are it's rooted important. in yeah. society kind of, of, of like, man, you're not good enough. And that's got to get like, just stripped away. Yeah, it's an important message. And and how much did it how much effort did it take for them to deliver a full thought on that in this movie? Not much. To your point, right. Kirk, like they did it in pretty small, seeming like they did it not small, but subtle ways. And then over time, 
you know, enough of those come in and it doesn't distract from the narrative at all. You know, that if you do it effectively, it doesn't. And in this case it didn't. And so I thought that was really good. I thought it was really well done. So, right. All right. Let's move into director shoes. Kirk, I just mentioned, uh, Ronaldo Marcus green, our director, any notes for our director on this film? Well, of course, because I am also a director. And so <laughs> in your mind, <laughs> which is the only place that it counts. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I often tell, um, tell people, uh, mostly Aubrey, um, like, you know, isn't it funny to see us like sitting here and uh, talking about like the NFL, like catch that ball, you know, or the MLB, like, why didn't you tackle him? It's like, dude, I would get destroyed the moment I set yeah. foot on the on the court or on the field and that would be by the ball boy not even the actual players <laughs> yeah. so. it's easy from your couch to be like wow what a hack these guys suck <laughs> <laughs> exactly so let's talk about ronaldo then here in his uh potentially oscar winning uh, film king richard i thought that the rewatchability of this is not high even though it's a feel-good movie i just feel like i got it all in one in one take i don't feel like i need to watch it again um will smith's performance while transformative like cam said and spectacular and unique from his other performances i feel like yeah that was great um it, it was it was it wasn't just fine it was exceptional but i don't need to see it again um i also thought that uh i wouldn't it's not because I don't want to watch it again. It's not because it wasn't done well. It's just that there's a bit of, um, I don't know. There, there's that X factor that isn't there uh, to rewatch it. And the second thing, uh, it's it's really hard to put my finger on it really here. The second thing I would say is that the pacing, it doesn't necessarily slow down. It doesn't necessarily make me, made me lose interest, but there is something with the pacing that makes your mind wander, but it doesn't matter because nothing that you wander away from, you miss. So it tells me that there's some extra fluff in this movie that wasn't concise enough. Um, that wasn't, you know, oh, I got to rewind that because I really got to know what he said in that moment. And there's a couple too many scenes in the in the car where it seems a little bit too forced. Like this is our trailer moment. Um, this is our uh, our highlight reel at the Oscar moment. I feel like those those are implemented in the wrong sections, and they definitely didn't always happen in the car like that. And I think they were more powerful when we saw them on the field versus. The, there were like four in the car and I'm like, okay, we've seen this. We've seen this. So, you know, shake yep. it up a bit. So repetitiveness, um, uh, the, a little bit of, uh, of unintentional um, boredom, if, if you will, uh, in the film. And I, I saw everything. I saw how the magic was made and I don't need to watch it again to really hone in on it. Those yeah, things. I think, I mean, you said at the beginning you couldn't put your finger on it, but I feel like, what I mean, pace is related to rewatchability, right? Like those have a direct correlation because the types of movies, at least in my experience, that I like to rewatch have a good pace and momentum to them. They have an energy about them which makes them fun to rewatch. And I think, you know, I think it could be just that, you know, like mm -hmm. there is, a, there are times where with the dialogue, you're like, okay. We get it. Like we've talked about it enough and it's like, you could have cut that down. And so it adds to a bit of a slog. You can, you can sort of look away to your point for a bit 
and go, okay, I, I already know what's happening in this scene. I'll, I'll pay attention again when we get to the next scene a little bit. So yeah, I can see that for sure. I think another thing you hit on is exactly what my director's shoes is, which is that um, this movie is self-aware in a bad way. <laughs> like my one, I really have one big gripe with this movie, but I feel like it's a big gripe. And that's that this movie knows that it's a biopic and it is like way too aware. Like there, there are too many times where you're like, oh, they're just trying to get that one quote out the door, that one line delivery that everybody's going to remember. You know, they want their Jerry Maguire moment. <laughs> they want the quotable thing. And they took a ton of swings at them. Typically, it's happening in the scenes with these coaches, you know, where it's like, well, I think you may have the next Michael Jordan. No, I got me the mm-hmm. next two. It's like very forced and a little heavy handed, way too on the nose. And it's like, I get it. <laughs> if if you if you watched a thousand biopics, you would say, well, if I'm making a biopic, I need that moment. But that's not what you're looking for in an Academy Award winning best picture. I'm looking for things that and maybe that's an unfair standard to set, but I'm just saying I'm looking if you're going to differentiate yourself and if you want to make a truly unique film, don't conform to the formula. And in some ways they really didn't, but in other ways they really, really, really did conform to the biopic formula to the point where, I mean, we all, the story is ongoing, so we know that it ends well for Venus and Serena, obviously, but there are things that you can do with the story to give it a level of ambiguity or unease or what's going to happen. And and they didn't really try to do any of that. I didn't feel like there was any real suspense <laughs> at times. And, and the payoff at the end, you're like, yeah, I knew that was gonna how it was gonna end because that's how every biopic in the history of sports biopics has end ended. And um, there are certain actors. I, I think I love John Bernthal. I think that a lot of what he does is great. But his his character, the way that it was written and the way that it was performed, was like, I know that I'm in a biopic. I'm gonna be the super caricature ish. Uh, coach with the funny accent and and the funny like walk and and I'm going to say all these one-liners that will you know make it in the highlight reel like Kirk said and then I'm going to get out of dodge and there was just too much of that we often talk about self-awareness in a good way of like this movie didn't take itself too seriously and that's what makes it good (laughs) but this movie just everyone in it knew that they were in a biopic and were acting accordingly at, at one point or another. And that hurts it. It just does. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's a wrong place, wrong time thing. You know, maybe if it's like five years ago, we go, wow, this is really great because we didn't have all these other biopics coming in, but it's, it's starting to become very formulaic and uh, frankly, just a little tiresome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's, that's basically it for me. Yeah. Like John Berthold, not that this is the, you know, a trailer moment, but he says during one of the matches, he's like, it's a can of corn. It's a can of corn. Yeah. You know, it's like what? <laughs> the back and forth. And, and you know, he that she's got this and it was weird. It was weird stuff sometimes. Yeah. I, I, I definitely am like, man, it just feels like at some point in the, like I get, I get building it that way when you're writing the script but then like once you see it in action going, okay, that's a little too heavy handed. That's a little too overstated. Let's adjust. Mm-hmm. And there was none of that. They were just like, yes, that's my money moment. Let's do it. And uh, I wish they hadn't. I wish they hadn't. Cause it was like, 
it hurt it. It hurt it for me. And if it, I feel like it could have been so much better without all that. So mm-hmm. there it is. All right, let's, let's wrap this thing up. Kirk, final thoughts and scores. Let's close the book on King Richard here. You know, King Richard is a machine built around Will Smith. And we've seen this in other movies. Great actor, great performance, okay movie or terrible movie. You know, you think of J. Edgar Hoover with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and you think of The Iron Lady with Meryl Streep. Well, now we have Will Smith and King Richard. You just have this film built around um, highlighting someone who you know can carry this role. And maybe that'll be enough to make this movie uh, stand out above the crowd. The movie is is does a better job than the other examples that I mentioned. Way better job than those other ones because those other ones are almost unwatchable. Um, the, you know, fast forward, hit the highlights on those. But this one, you're going to watch the whole thing. That said, it still falls into the same uh, the same cliche as it. And I wish that just as Cam said that they weren't all aware. Uh, the, of what they were doing. It would have been great, you know, if they if they hired uh, actors and actresses who had no idea who they were, who Venus and Serena were. Yeah, like when they're selecting that's... a jury. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, uh, have you ever heard of Venus and Serena Williams? Yes, you're out. Goodbye. Um, or, you know, bring in the, the real Men in Black Neuralizer to blast their minds. I think one of those two things would have been a good option. So that all said, the film, the acting, great the 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 pacing the, the the there's just something about it that's just not quite there for me so based on the good elements i'm giving it a 6.7 out of 10 kernels yeah i, I mean i think i think some people are going to be surprised to hear that score i think because and and not because it's wrong because it can't be it's subjective but I, I'm, I'm in that range too. I'll just say that before I give my score. But it's like, this is a movie, it's a feel-good movie, right, Kirk? So it's designed mm-hmm. to be well-liked. And I think that most people who just turn it on and watch it will be like, ah, great story, good, you know, good characters, awesome. But there is, yeah, there there are, there's room for improvement. <laughs> and that's that's generally my overall thought is like, close. Like it had the right, it had the right, um, had the right pieces for the most part. And, and there's really, there really are some good narrative elements, some things that do sort of catch you off guard here and there that you're like, Oh, they're going to, they're going to talk about that. That's cool. Um, and, and overall I really liked the, you know, the thought and the instincts of what they were trying to do, but it's the other instincts, the instincts to fall back to the formula, the instincts to bang the biopic drum and, and, and really uh, lean into something that people are familiar with. It's, it's like somebody said, (laughs) it's like somebody said, go make an Oscar best picture nominated film, you know, like almost like a essay prompt with a rubric. And they were like, all right, here's what we need. (laughs) And they like (laughs) put all that in a pot and stirred it together. And they're like, boom, here it is. And you know what? They may very well be right. It may be nominated for best picture, but for my money, it's a 7-1 out of 10 with, uh, you know, a longing in my heart for what could have been. I, I just really think that it was like, you know, a couple tweaks here and there and you really would have had something on your hands and, and instead we're left with a movie that's, 
generally what you expect and and overall a bit underwhelming in general. So that's King Richard. <laughs> if you saw this movie, it's still on HBO Max for a bit. Um, maybe one more week on this guy. Could That's be- right. December 19th, I think it takes off. Okay, so two. Okay, so you, you got some time to check it out. Um, if you haven't already, highly encourage you to do so. I do expect it to get some play in award season if you care about that sort of thing. And if you like Will Smith, it's a great Will Smith performance. Um, yes. And a great story. I mean, Venus and Serena are really... <laughs> wild i mean we've just we've frankly never seen anything like it in anything in modern sports or or anything so um it's quite a story and and quite a quite a pair of people that they're talking about here so worth a check all right that's all we got for king richard we'll leave you guys there um as always want to give a special thanks to our executive producer ryan spriggs who is actually a member of the band that you're about to hear rhetoric as they play us out as they always do want to give a thanks to those guys you can check them out on spotify we'll talk to you next time see ya